Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, I wanted to A, welcome you if you just found the podcast. I actually ran, and if you are like, why would I have just found the podcast? I ran a Instagram ad for the first time and it's been getting pretty good traction. So I just wanted to welcome you if you've just found the podcast and say, hello, hi, I'm glad you're here. Um, and to encourage you to go listen to the previous episodes, um, first off, the news, the new, the new show that came out literally yesterday, and the previous Thursday edition, which was all about what I'm watching this week, which you pro- which you may have already listened to if you're here via Instagram, because that was part of the ad I ran. So, um, welcome, new listeners, if there aren't any new listeners are any listeners, but also welcome old listeners, um, and, you know, returning champions, if you will. Um, but on that note, I have a rule that I kind of implemented when I first started doing this podcast, and I came up to a very important thing that would keep coming up, which is what does it look like when I'm talking about a show that... Not never ends, but it's going to take a longer time than is common to end. And the reason why I say that is because you have shows like your typical shonen seasonal action shows, something like a My Hero Academia, something like uh, a Jujutsu Kaisen, something like a Demon Slayer, something like any of those shows. And those shows are designed to be long form because of the publication they originally ran in as manga, which is Shonen Jump. Shonen Jump is interested in things being like a long form thing. So, and and the quality the quality changes over time, and the quality of different arcs, which are usually translated into seasons in terms of like the broadcast structure of the story is different. So I wanted to give myself the opportunity to talk about those shows multiple times if I felt ne- if I felt it necessary. And that's where we find ourselves today because the thing we're going to be talking about is actually one of those shows and it's one you might have heard of. It's Demon Slayer. So let's jump right into it. Anime considered. Lunchbox Radio. Now, unless you've been living under a rock in terms of your anime watching habits, you've heard of Demon Slayer. And the reason why you've probably heard of Demon Slayer is because it has popularity on the scale of the big shonen shows. But something that's been different about shonen shows since kind of My Hero Academia, which My Hero Academia is really the last modern shonen that is in the story structure 
likeness of something like, um, let's say, um, the, the, the big three, namely Naruto, Bleach, Dragon Ball, where they are just like engineered to kind of run forever. My My Hero Academia feels very much in that vein, whereas something like Jujutsu Kaisen, something like um, Chainsaw Man, something like um, even an upcoming thing like Kagurabashi feel like they're much more contained than something like Bleach, where Bleach is less of a from A to Z and more you're starting a journey with this character and it's gonna go until it ends. No one, as a start of Bleach, no one kind of knew where that show was going. At first it was going toward, at first it was very Monster of the Week and then it became like a, a rescue, a rescue plot and then it became a whole different thing after that and even after that. The Thousand Year Blood War arc is exactly that. It's an arc in the story of Bleach. And that's very much what all of the shown what all of the big shonen properties felt like. And that's what that's what the like formula behind One Piece is. One Piece is jumping from arc to arc to arc to arc. It's less about the end point and more about the journey. But whether it be because of a kind of per level of personal want for control on the mangaka side. Or just this trend in story crafting right now. For many, 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 many of our current big shonen action bombastic things. You have shows that are built, that are built to kind of be insular. So you have shows where, like, the the ending thing is clearly in sight. It clearly makes sense. And in that, you have... And you can have a lot of fun on the journey. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen is, like, a what is having wild fun on the journey. Same thing with Chainsaw Man. But they feel less sprawling than something like Dragon Ball did, and I know that we're that like it could get to like One Piece levels with either of those shows if the creators really wanted them to. But it even something as even something that is like flow rolling itself to the end, like um, Attack on Titan. In the very beginning of Attack on Titan, it felt pretty it, it felt pretty contained in a way like it felt like okay we have these this set of mysteries we need to find we need to figure out and then like we'll take it from there and once once you hit season four of the content of attack on titan it, it the, the game is the game is afoot you know what the deal is you you can like you can see an end to that thing in the beginning of season four you're like oh Okay, gotcha. This this makes sense now. This tracks. Um, but the reason why I'm saying this, and I'm going to be talking about a lot of other big shonen things alongside, um, 
my my thoughts now my thoughts having consumed kind of all the anime that there is for um demon slayer because i just got finished going through the entertainment district arc i went through that after the sword the swordsmith village arc because i just did it out of order it's fine it's not it's not a huge deal as long as you know what the sequential order is you can kind of keep it straight in your head but the reason why I'm talking about this is because it I think it's key to understanding what is and isn't clicking for some of the new shonen primarily in this case Demon Slayer because I let me start out by saying this I, I'm I'm making this because I know I'm making this knowing that this is very much like a me opinion I'm not saying that anybody else has to share this opinion, but Demon Slayer has kind of gone on a downward trajectory for me in terms of my liking of it, if that makes any sense. I know it's like being around the bush thing, like I'm not a huge fan of Demon Slayer currently. And I think, I think that's for two reasons. And for the first reason, I want to look at something like Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen does something really clever in that your main, our main character, Yuji, is, by all intents and purposes, a shonen action hero. But everyone around him is just a bad motherfucker. It's just a bad guy. No way to, there's no way to, like, make that re good or right. And... If you ask Gege Akatami about the, like, Team 7 he's created, the strongest person there is most likely Nobara, who, um, the girl with the hammer and the nails. Like, she's just the strongest person out of the three of them. So, she, so what he's done is he's created, like, he's created your shonen action hero. But then he's created a Team 7 that feels like Naruto, and it's... You can go watch the most recent, um, or listen to the most recent Otaku's Anonymous and, like, watch MC Hammer 23, aka the Weed Commander, aka Nick, um, just, like, have a, have a midlife crisis around the fact that Jutsu Kaisen is just kind of Naruto. With a different paint job on lots of levels. And in my brain, I'm like, how did you... How how did you not... Huh? How did you not know that, bud? Because it's pretty clear, except what Gege Akitami did with, with his creation of his Sakura character, is he learned from Kishimoto's, like, quite frankly, failure to, like, do the thing that Kishimoto wanted to do with Sakura. Because if you know about what Kishimoto was trying to do there. He was trying to create, like, a strong female character who people liked. But in Kishimoto's mind, that meant that she had to be, like... So I'm going to distinguish between, between Nobara and Sakura like this. Sakura was mean. She was just a bitch. <laughs> and she was mean... To most people except for the guy she liked. Nobara is rotten. <laughs> She's just 
a rotten motherfucker. And, like, but she's also a human being who, like, has feelings and is, like, whole. Whereas when you're introduced to Sakura, Sakura's just kind of like an asshole to the kid who you're supposed to feel sympathy for because he's been ostracized by the entire, by his entire, like, community. And then you have this girl who particularly picks on him like he's a piece of shit. In a way that you don't ever see any other people do. You see people avoid him and you see people not want to be friends with him because, like, that's the communal consensus. But you don't see anyone, when Naruto is a child, expressly pick on him who doesn't immediately get their shit rocked. Like that, um, one, um... Chonin, Chonin Ninja in the very first episode who gets like nine billion punched by Naruto when he figures out the Shadow Clown. But my point here is is that Naruto is Naruto is now like a point of reference in the same way that oftentimes One Piece can be a point of reference or. Dragon Ball is a point of reference, or JoJo's is a point of reference. Good God. But the thing that separates the the level of quality of something like Jujutsu Kaisen from the level of quality from something like uh, from um, Demon Slayer is the way they treat their reverence and reference of character. So Jujutsu Kaisen is taking a lot of the rules of shonen action genre things and it's coming up with a real unique way to express those rules and create like a power set and and it's setting it's setting different values for the world about who's valuable in Jujutsu Kaisen. So, and it's saying pretty clearly like, oh, the person who, the kind of person who's valuable in Jujutsu Kaisen is somebody who's like a fucking rotten weirdo like Nobara, or who is fantastic, or somebody who is like totally fucking a walking nightmare like, um, Toji. It, like Toji, um, from that thing. That's the kind of person who's valuable. That's the kind of person who has serious strength. Same thing with Ghetto and Gojo. Like, Gojo is kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> like, everybody obsesses over him because he's hot, but the... And the reason why I would bet that Gage Akatai was like, fine, I'll kill the motherfucker, is because people couldn't look past the, like, extremely hot design of this dude and see the fact that, like, Gojo... The point of Gojo is not to root for Gojo. The point of Gojo is to be like, there's something fucked up here. The point of Gojo is to be like, he's too, he's too full of himself. It will get him one day. And surprise, it did. Um, but in any case, it's playing with the tropes and it's expanding on them and it's making, it's doing cool riffs on them. It's doing a really interesting remix on the shonen action show thing. Whereas... Demon Slayer is very much an almost paint-by-numbers thing of, like, this is what this is what it looks like to make a really competent 
shown an action show. It, and but the thing that does well, the thing that it it keeps it from falling into a place like Black Clover for me. Which is, if you've never heard my my opinions on Black Clover, I do not like Black Clover. Um, one bit, I've seen a lot of that show, and just don't just don't like it. Is that Black Clover? Black Clover does not do a good enough job of couching shonen stuff in something that is not, like, boilerplate. Like, the fact that, like, Asha is an orphan who wants to be the Wizard King is just... Naruto is an orphan who wants to be the Ninja Mare. <laughs> it, it just... It, Black Clover feels so one-to-one -one that you can't, that you can't, that at least I can't, like, suspend disbelief and see that, like, it tell, it's, it's using the form to tell its own story. It's using its form, it's using the form to tell a story, to, to tell Naruto, but let's make it Harry Potter. <laughs> I just can't get behind that. So the, Good thing that Demon Slayer does it couches this uh, couches the stuff in its own in its own entire lingo, but what it also does really well is it it scales the score it scales the story way the fuck down. Tanjiro is not trying to be like the very best that ever was. He's trying to cure his sister. He's trying to fix one thing in his life. He's trying to do a selfless thing for the only family he has left alive, who is now a demon. And that's the way the story works. And I've read the end of the manga. When that happens, the manga ends. There's some twists along the way, but when that happens, the manga ends. Where I think this thing has fallen, has fallen off, is that's not its only original like thought. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pose some stuff here. This feels weird. Um, I you watch enough anime and you start to notice some things that are unintentional. For example, oftentimes. Lots of the bad guys in anime are right. In the same way that, like, if you watch the first Black Panther, which you should totally, like, the first Black Panther movie is wild and awesome. The second one, less so. But the first Black Panther movie is absolutely incredible. The kind of awesome thing about that movie, it's a movie full-on says, No, Killmonger's right. <laughs> like, the bad guy is just right. And the movie allows the space for him, for the bad guy, to be right. It doesn't allow the space for him to be right about the way he goes about his solutions to stuff. But it allows him to be right about, like, the, the, the core problem. He, he, he identifies the correct thing that's wrong. And he's, and he's actually doing something to fix it. In that... In that film 
black the Black Panther um the hero is defined by basically protecting what exists and it stagnating around him. Where the villain is making big moves, taking initiative, and doing his best to force change in the world. And in much of much of shonen action stuff, and I suspect this is probably like a this is probably and, and it, it happens in America in lots of American media too. So this is not only a Japanese thing, but I suspect that they want to protect the status quo in like all stories is a reflection of the kinds of people who are making the media. Does that make any sense? So to give give you a perfect example. I, when I did panels, I don't currently do panels at anime cons. When I did panels at anime cons, I used to go to a little anime con, which you may be listening to me right now because of, because I was at, by the time I was done in, done doing panels there in 2019, the reason I stopped doing panels was the pandemic, because the panel I was doing was very specific and would not be safe for the people who usually go to that panel to go, because it was a panel about people with disabilities about the representation of people with disabilities in anime and like by the time I was done with that panel it was wall-to-wall packed like it it would like medical professionals showed up to that thing (laughs) like it, it was it was a main it was like a main event of the um of the Liberty City Anime Con so so to speak but I just I just did my panel scheduling or my preliminary panel scheduling for Anime NYC, which I'll be going to when that thing happens in um from the seventeenth to the nineteenth um in November. But I'm going through all the panels and I'm like clicking off what I want and you get all the way to the bottom to the very last slot. And the last slot is Autism in the Anime Community, which is a great panel. If you really want that panel to do what it should do to serve the purpose that the person who probably who made it probably wants it to serve, you don't put it at the end of the day when nobody except for me, when nobody except for the most devoted people are going to go to it. There'll be tons of people who have just left and just not seen it. You put that panel like smack dab in the middle of the morning where it it might get less viewership, but it will get more eyeballs on it because there'll be more people who are actively planning their day on, like, mid-morning Saturday instead of the last, very last fucking slot on a Sunday. You put this stuff on a very last slot on the last day of a con that you just don't care about. Like, that doesn't matter to you, the programmer. And my point there is, is that... The people who make, like, when I, when I made, when I made, the, the reason I made the disabled panel I made was A, because I wanted to do something more in the anime fan community that was additive, which ultimately became this podcast, but also because at the time we had a present, as 
a then presidential candidate, soon to be fucking president, who crossed the the line on we don't make fun of on on president on politicians just don't make fun of disabled people. Like I thought that like the entirety of adult society who was like had half a brain cell was like, yeah, we're gonna not do that. We're gonna not do that. And then he did. I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do this now. Like I've, I've gotta do something. I'm capable of doing something. So I did it. I made a panel and for years I had people with all levels of disability, levels of disability similar to mine, but also levels of disability that were greater than mine come up to me and say, thank you for like making a thing that like I got to go to and I learned something and I found like places I can see myself reflected back at me. And I'm like, that is awesome. Um, but the reason why I'm saying that is because in most shonen action, in most shonen action things, the main character is unequivocally a good person. Even in Jujutsu Kaisen. Yuji is just a good guy. He's just the best guy. But there's no... There's, there's no or there's very little shades of gray. Oftentimes. Uh... There's even very little swapping of sides necessarily, except for one key character. You very rarely get somebody like, who was like, as bad a character as Vegeta was, who was like a bad guy when he was introduced. But like, they spent like, a while softening him up and turning him into like, one of the good guys. But the... The reality is, if you look at, if you look at the bad guys in Naruto, all the bad guys in Naruto had reason to do what they did. Like, the, the, like, shinobi world is kind of fucked. Especially when it's, like, forcing, when it's, like, forcing, you know, big cursed animals into small children. Like, uh, Gara's existence is a nightmare. Uh, it's all it's all kind of screwed up. It makes total sense that there would be people who would want to rip it to shreds. And, but you look at Naruto, and Naruto is like... No, I want to be mayor. I want to be I want to be Ninja King or whatever the fuck. I want to be the I want to be the Hokage. I want to stand at the top of this and help maintain it. And in even in something like Boruto, you still see that kind of like maintenance of the thing happen. The hero is oftentimes considered to be the custodian. And in that way, he shows very little remorse oftentimes for the bad guys to the point of like, he might feel bad about what happened to them, but they can't be left. They they can't be left around. He'll fix that problem later, but not starting with this. And there's a kind of innate cruelty there that that that's just like makes makes you wonder about like well, 
yeah, like the ninja world's kind of fucked. It maybe it, it should be burned down and like rebuilt because it it doesn't seem super savable, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're fixing it slowly, but it, like, there, it, so, give you an idea. Even in Boruto, there are still characters who are, like, contracted these, with these weird fucking monsters. There's a girl in one of the first, in one of the first arcs, who just, like, essentially has a tail beast. That's fucked up. I thought we agreed not to do this shit anymore. But somebody's, it's doing this shit somewhere, somehow. Now, um... In Germany. I'm, I'm bringing it up for reason, I, pro I promise. They have very specific rules about the Nazis. About, about the Nazis and about the Nazi party and, like, like, speech, like, hate speech in the way that the Nazis did it or at all. And the reason they do they do that is because they, like, as a culture, have cultural memory of, like, just got out of hand and we almost wiped the world clean in, in the name of some stupidity. And so they made a wholesale change in their, in their societal outlook that said, this will never stand. We're changing all of this. This thing at its core is so rotten you can't touch it. And and largely the world has followed has often followed suit in most ways. Like if you watch if you're watching a movie and you see Nazis in an American film, that's shorthand for oh we need to kill those guys. <laughs> like that's not shorthand for like oh they like we should feel sympathy for them. If you're gonna make a character a Nazi, like the point is. They are slime balls. They are without redemption. They are the they are the kind of humanity that cannot and most importantly should not be saved. And that creates this like black and white thing where like you can't you're not you. If a filmmaker says okay this person's a Nazi, they're they're doing it either because they want to fight. To get you to a place where you care about the person, and you realize the the ideology is poison, or they're doing it because they don't want you to care about the person. They want it to be bad guy. And in Demon Slayer, in the character of Tanjiro, our main character, it you have somebody who is the most empathetic that to towards the bad guys towards the demons that you, t towards the towards the antagonist that you'll probably ever see and you get a you get a fair amount of interiority in that for in the first deem in the first season in the first arcs of demon slayer of the demons and who and what they were and who they were before. And then the entertainment arc happens. And la and later on you get the um you get um the the 
the Mugen Train movie, and, which is beautiful, by the way. Uh, the, Demon Slayer is also just gorgeous all the time, which is great. But um, you get Mugen Train, you get the Entertainment District arc, you get the Swordsmith Village arc, and it's not that Kamado changes, it's that the world around him changes, and the way the story is pitching its antagonist changes. In, so I'm going to use um, X-Men here. In X-Men, the more you learn about Magneto and the more you learn about the what the world had done to Magneto and what Magneto's ultimate goal is, you're like, no, nah, give Magneto and all of his friends a weird island that they can just go fuck off on. Because, like, that's really what he wants. And in um, The New Mutants... Magneto dies, not because he picked a fight with anybody, but because he woke up one morning and somebody nuked his, like, country <laughs> that he created for for him and other mutants who felt like society wasn't... Was, wasn't a place where they could safely exist. That, that's fucking wild. And in Demon Slayer, up until... Up until the Entertainment District arc, up until Mugen Train, actually, up until Mugen Train, really, you have this kind of sympathy for the devil thing going on constantly. You have the antagonist, as with the exception of Lord Muzan, who's the like big bad antagonist, who you still get this kind of like understanding of like evil vampire Michael Jackson is doing it because. Somebody's got to do it or else nobody nobody from the family will survive kind of thing. Um, but you have this understanding that like the drum demon that they fight in the like weird topsy-turvy house. You get a lot of his backstory. You understand like what he like who he was before he became what he was and you you get the spider kids backstory and it's like heartbreaking and there's like an internal logic to what they're doing they're not necessarily just pure evil trying to like fuck people up because they hate because they hate all humans it there's something there and there's something like deeply and there's it's revealed that there's something probably deeply broken about the societal structure that demons that the Demon Slayer core exists inside of and to protect that should probably be fucking addressed. And then you get to Mugen Train. Mugen Train is the first divorce from and also a key point here is you meet other Demon Slayers, you meet other members of the Demon Slayer core throughout that season, and they're all like weird psychos. <laughs> like you get Zenitsu, who is a sexual harassment, a walking sexual harassment lawsuit on one side of the coin. Then when he gets knocked out, he's like fucking killer. He's like fucking killer be killed, absolute power when he's like unconscious. You get Inosuke, who's just, who's just an animalistic crazy person. <laughs> and then, really, you get the seven, you get the, I forget how many Hashira there are. I think it's like seven Hashira. You get the Hashira, who are all sickos, who are all, like, in some way or another, murderers and, like, 
They're to take names and kick ass. And, like, you get the Wind Hashira, who's a real piece of shit. You get, but you also get people like the Stone Hashira, or later, um, you get the Sound Hashira. And, these are not people to be admired. They are talented people, they are skillful people, they are strong, but they are not people to be admired. Yeah. Um, in my, yeah. Admired. They are people to be like, they've clearly like pursued a goal above any kind of balancing themselves as a human or having any understanding of like, oh, the, de- the de- all, all demons at some point were people. And the kind of affordances that Tanjiro gives to demons after he kills them, he like prays for them, tries to make sure they they're like sent off to the afterlife in a proper way. Are some are things that none of the other demons like none of the other members of Demon Slayer Corps typically do. And so you have this deeply empathetic character in a really violent world, and. Somewhere in Mugen Train, what they try to do is they sh- try to shift your empathy entirely in the direction of humanity. And you can do that, you can get away with that. But the thing here is, and, th- and this is what got me thinking about Jujutsu Kaisen when I was watching this, is Jujutsu Kaisen... Jujutsu Kaisen puts you in a land of monsters. And every once in a while, you know it's a character who's an unfortunate animal from the forest who has land who has wandered into the land of real monsters. That's what the Anatomy Beatdown episode like last week was all about. Like the the thing there was, oh, you're just outclassed. Like you're like uh, compared to like other normal humans, you are a nightmare, but compared to other nightmare, <laughs> baby, you're barely a wet dream. Like it's, and like that, and that was also the like. I think that was the lesson that was trying to be told with Gojo. As a character, is like, he is so. He is he's so far beyond what people. He's so far beyond the kind of strength that people, even in the sorcery world, are used to. Because the world's generally, like, the bar is not high. I mean, for fuck's sake, there's a girl whose superpower is she can fly using a broom. Like, that's fucked. That, like, she should not be on the field with fucking the likes of fucking murder god Toji. Or, like... Fushigoro, or like Fushigoro, who just summoned shadow monsters from nowhere. Like he should, ju- she should just. They should be like, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna pay out your, we're gonna pay out your salary. We're gonna give you your diploma. You can just go home. Like bite them if they show up, but like don't. We we got this. Otherwise, <laughs> like it, you, you can't help. Um, but and. 
and you see that throughout um, Jujutsu Kaisen, especially the Shibuya incident, with a lot of the like side characters who just get offed. They just get murdered immediately. Like the like kindly professor guy who explains stuff to Yuji and helps him find um, like Yuto or whatever. The guy who got the kid who got transfigured by um, who got transfigured in the first season was. I, he just gets stabbed and he just gets stabbed straight through the body and dies. Like by a character by the character who later gets his shit rocked by Nanami. And it, so and but you also see Yuji who is in the story slowly becoming like the people around him more. He's slowly... He's slowly becoming less the, like, smiling, jovial guy. And, um... MC Hammer 23 talks about it all the time on the, um... On the... Over on his podcast. Like, it's about... The, the process in which Yuji loses his smile kind of thing. And that's one thing. But then to try and direct sympathy towards those characters. Not not because, and I want to be clear here, not because the world is necessarily worth saving in this scenario. And I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that whole thing in a second. It's a very important, like, structural thing I want to talk about with um with Demon Slayer in in a second but the long and short of it is that the lots of the Demon Slayer core in are are essentially hunting down a class of differently able people people who people who can't go outside who oftentimes can't go outside in the daylight who have very unique physical needs like they're kind of hunting disabled people in a way which it feels very weird and yet and, and yes like they're demons they're doing bad shit they're eating people that's bad but in the beginning of this whole thing it was very understandable like you could you got a sense of both sides. You understood both sides. But in the version of the story that exists now, all the sympathy is on the side, is pointed towards the side of the good guys. And the good guys are not necessarily good people. And the system they're upholding is not necessarily good. So, and the first blaring. The first blaring realization of that is really the Entertainment District arc. Because this, they call it the Entertainment District arc, and it, it, the space is called the Entertainment District, but it's really the Pleasure District. Because what's happening all around the characters in this entire show is essentially you have throngs of women who are sold into this, like basically giant pit of a brothel for to 
work off their family debts. And they have a whole conversation about like, oh no, I hope this girl didn't run away. That would be dishonor on her family and like be a whole bad thing. And I don't know if you know anything about um, that scenario and what that is. Like, it's very, it's very possible that that the entire entertainment district could probably be run by the mafia, but by some variant of the yakuza. It's very, it's very probable that like, it's very abusive and it, and and it's shown to be very abusive. Like the um, one of the main villains who who in disguise is one of the like geisha houses oirons. It's just an abusive bitch. Because she can be, and she's evil. But nobody does anything about it. Everybody's just like, oh yeah, she's a bitch, but like, she makes the most money, so what do you want me to do? And like, that system to me is like, oh, guys. Come on. And in a universe where like, One Piece also exists, and I'm not... Don't get me wrong. I'm not One Piece fan numero uno. I like One Piece. I actually own a One Piece special edition watch, not the one that just came out, which looks a little over the top to me. And also looks like, um, it looks like a perpetual calendar, um, which is an earlier Seiko model watch from Seiko, but One Piece themed, which is cool, but like not a thing I feel like I need. But One Piece is all about this system is fucked. We're so we're gonna break it down and we're gonna f we're gonna make a new system, guys. And and the show says it much like justice is defined by the person who wins. Whoever wins is justice. It's not some empirical thing that one decide decides upon and then everybody else has to play against. And Demon Slayer feels like it's saying, like, this is justice. It doesn't feel like it's saying, okay, we have these people who are, who, due to something, we, we're not sure what yet, are turning into demons, and they need to eat people to stay alive. They need, they need to eat, they have cravings to eat people, and they can't go out during the daytime. The version of this show where, like, the demon, demon Slayer Corps is not, is, like, has reformed itself and is, like, hey, we are trying to work with demons locally on every level to, like, make sure that they just don't go feeding on people <laughs> constantly. We'll bring them dead bodies. Like, we'll, we'll do what it takes to, like, make this all work. To make society work for everybody instead of just the people of the privilege not to have been converted into some sort of hell monster. And it's just, it, it, it feels so much more because Demon Slayer was so much paint by numbers already without that kind of core empathy out of its main character towards everyone all the time it doesn't have the same effect because you, it feels so 
it feels like there's nothing new happening in it. And I and I don't doubt that um, MC Hammer 23 is wrong on this, but MC Hammer 23 was talking about Kagurabashi on the, the most recent um, podcast, and he said, I feel like this thing is going to be the biggest thing in the world because it's just pretty stock standard shonen stuff. It makes sense. And my gut feeling is he's probably right because that makes sense to me. Uh, like, the stock standard shonen stuff usually does pretty well because that formula was successful for a reason. But the things that do... The things that put points on the board, the things that are wildly successful and get wildly successful is when they take huge... Is when these kinds of shonen action shows take huge swings and they hit a home run. Case in point, Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen is taking the big swings in what it does. And it lands it every time. Yes, it's certainly got the traditional shonen arc, but it's playing with it in a way that, like, stuff usually doesn't have the guts to. Same thing with Chainsaw Man. Um... As it stands, I have kind of the same problem with Demon Slayer as I often have with My Hero Academia. Now, uh, a thing that, and I have a suspicion this is where the like cultural difference happens, because a thing I found out that I wasn't aware of is that that season of My Hero Academia where they turned into My Villain Academia and was largely about the bad guys did not go over well in Japan. It was pretty popular here. And, like, people, like, loved being able to, like, get any interiority on Toga or Twice or any of those characters, for one, because it makes you understand them and, like, it gives you a fuller picture of what's happening. But... The... An American viewer, an American otaku, like me... If you're American, you, or any American viewer of anime, has a different relationship with society than about any other viewer on the planet would. Because we are so individualist, we are so singular, that to see a group of people would become a group of people who are doing bad things simply because everybody else told them they were fucking weird hits different for us than it does for the Japanese viewing public who have a much more collectivist outlook on life and like they all fit into a certain part and like they play a certain part in the broader picture and there are lots of parts of any society that are fucked and, and and I'm not saying there are lots of parts about Japanese society are, fu- are fucked, because there are lots of parts of any society that are fucked. There are lots of parts of America that are fucked, clearly. And that's true of where there are people, there is fucked up shit kind of thing. But... There's a kind of refusal to admit how fucked up 
everything is in Demon Slayer that in in the story of Demon Slayer that makes me feel like it that it felt like it was going to be doing when I started it. And that's that's really what like has caused me to like I I when I watched Demon Slayer I was like, oh I know what I'm watching, it just makes total sense. It, but it's a really good one of these. With a with a with the quirk that the main character is just an empathetic, like throbbing heart of a person. And then they just didn't keep doing that. So you don't get the same understanding of, oh yeah, this is all messed up, but this is this guy who's torturing himself to do something good for his last surviving family member. Because even though he's going through all these people and like killing all these people or demons or whatever, but he feels their pain. He understands that they're, that their lives have been hard and he at least has some understanding of that weight and attempts to respect it. And now it's just like, oh, big bad guy cut head off. And it just, it can't. It. Without that core empathy, it doesn't feel like there's much. There that isn't just a really crafted version of what's been before. And I, I just. It's a little disappointing, and it's not disappointing for any other reason than, like, it, the the show changed. The show, the, the goals of the show changed. The, the goals of the show at some point simplified to be different than I think the goals of the show were at its inception. Whether the author realized it or not, or that was intentional or not, who knows. But in my estimation, they have. But on that note, if you like the podcast, new episodes come out every Wednesday and every Thursday. Thursday is more like this. It's about a particular like show or property, sometimes live action movie. If you're looking for a live action movie one I've done, just as an example, you can go listen to the episode I did all about the creator, which um, is, I think, a really interesting movie, even if it's not a great movie, because it's just... A big, beautiful money pit of a cyberpunk thing, and it's great. But, um... The Wednesday show is a news show where you actually don't hear me. You hear the lovely news anchor, I, who is an automated voice that I um, put together because I'm bad at reading articles on command. Um, But it covers five stories that I think you should pay attention to every week. I try to get a mix of industry stuff, a mix of, like, platform stuff, a mix of, like, release stuff. I try to, like, not include too much fluff in there because there's plenty of places you can go for that. Um, but definitely go check those, that out. That's the um, episode right before this one in your podcast feed. If you really like the show, subscribe to it in that same podcast feed. And I will talk to you on Thursday.